Greetings Marco Polo fans. You know when Marco Polo first met the great Kublai Khan, he bowed and walked up a velvet red carpet toward the throne that Kublai Khan occupied. Marco Polo had a large hat with a big brim on it to protect him from the sun as he crossed the treeless plains that were part of Kublai Khan's kingdom. Kublai Khan said to Marco Polo as he was bent at the waist before Khan, You may stand, Marco Polo. Polo paused and said, My great and honorable Kublai Khan, I darest not stand up before thee. Kublai Khan said, Why not? Marco lifted his head, and the bright brass buckle on his hat glistened and shined and caught the Khan's eye. What a beautiful buckle you have on your hat, Marco Polo. Thank you, O great Kublai Khan. Now please stand up straight and tall before your Khan. I cannot do that, said Marco, for when I stand up, my pants fall down. Why, of course they do, Marco. Your belt buckle is on your hat. None of what I just said is true, of course. At least I don't think it's true. I just made it up to get you a little bit interested in listening to episodes 25 and 26, edited back-to-back from the Australian-produced radio series The Adventures of Marco Polo, starring... The Man of a Thousand Voices, George Edwards. The stories were adapted for radio from the book The Adventures of Marco Polo that was written in the 13th century by Riccello di Pisa from stories told by the Italian explorer Marco Polo who traveled through Asia between 1271 and 1295 and had many experiences with the court of the Kublai Khan. Episode 25 is entitled Akmat the Magician, and episode 26 is entitled The Prince Says Farewell and the Journey Begins. My name is John Lovering, and I'm your host for Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I do thank you for listening, and to help keep the art and magic of the golden years of radio alive. This series was produced in the late 1930s and distributed throughout the world on 16-inch transcription discs in the early 1940s. And now, The Adventures of Marco Polo, episodes 25 and 26. Now present the adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo arranged with his servant Benno to return to Venice in order to transport to China Marco's four mythical wives. Benno eventually understood Marco Polo's ruse and he fell in with the scheme. Then Marco Polo told Toktai what he had done. And that young man repaid him by warning him against Akmat, a magician who had great influence with the Khan. Toktai voiced his suspicion that Akmat might have been concerned in the rebellion which had been brought about by Van Chu. Eventually, Marco Polo had the courage to warn Kublai Khan against Akmat. And the Khan became furious and stated that who harmed Akmat would harm him. A 
most high, mighty, and gracious Kublai Khan. My son Marco meant no harm in warning you against Hackmath. We hope that we have not incurred your displeasure. I am grateful to you all, and I am showing my gratitude by allowing Marco Polo to send for his wives so that he may wed the Princess Zelana. I am also allowing you to accompany me on a journey through my dominions, and I have appointed Marco Polo governor of Armenia. All this we acknowledge, and we are grateful, most mighty Khan. Do you show your gratitude by speaking evil words against Akmat, the magician, who is my friend? Have you made his acquaintance yet? Uh, not yet, most noble Khan. Well, since you do not know the man, it is presumption on your part to speak against him. Akmat is the greatest magician ever known in this country. He has my fullest trust and confidence, so should he have yours. I ask pardon for my son Marco's presumption, most mighty Khan. You are pardoned. But you will come to my audience chamber in one hour's time, and there you will speak with Akmath. Some of his magic will be revealed to you. You will bring your servant, Benno, and mayhap Akmath will send him to sleep and make him perform comical tasks. Oh, most high, I, I am leaving today for Venice. Enough. I have said that Akmath shall work his magic upon you first. I oh. will expect you all in one hour's time. I go now to speak with the princess. You must guard your tongue, Marco. You're too impetuous. What right had you to warn the Khan against Akmath? You do not even know the man. I trust Toktai. He gave me the warning about Akmath. We must place a guard in our tongues, Marco. It's obvious that Akmath has the Khan's confidence. And mayhap he was not concerned in this rebellion. I shall judge the man for myself when we meet him in one hour's time. But what is to happen to me in one hour's time? Oh, this magician is to practice his magic on me. I am a good Christian. I do not believe in magic. Courage, Benno. No harm will come to you. Think of the tales you will be able to tell in Venice. Uh, as we are to go to the great audience chamber in an hour's time to make our obeisance before the Khan and his magician, I think we should dress ourselves in fine raiment for the occasion. When am I to leave for Venice? After our audience with the great Khan, we will speed you on your way to Venice, Benno. Oh, I am a person of much importance. I am to be carried in a special litter to the coast. And a whole regiment of cavalry is to accompany me. They are under my orders, so I will be able to tell the people in Venice that I have risen in the world. <laughs> you old rascal. I believe you're looking forward to this journey. Be sure that you'll return to us, Benno. Oh, I will return, Master Mafio. But it has occurred to me that I might bring four beautiful Venetian maidens with me. Maidens who would be willing to say that they are married to Marco Polo. Oh, Benno, you must not do that. You will return alone, and by that time I trust the Princess Zelana will have declared her love for Toktai. Now come, we must dress for this audience which the Khan is giving to us. One hour later, Marco Polo and his companions went to the great audience chamber. There they found the Khan's special bodyguard drawn up on either side of the vast hall. At the end of the hall, the Khan sat on his magnificent throne, and by his side stood a tall, bearded man, dressed in a flowing white satin robe. The bearded man held a large purple-colored sphere, at which the Khan was gazing curiously. Niccolo Polo, Marco Polo, Mafio Polo and their servant come to make their obeisance to the most high and mighty Kublai Khan. My friends, you may rise. I give you welcome, and I beg now, bow before a mighty man, a true friend and a great magician. Bow before my friend, Akmath the magician. 
We are pleased to bow before Akmath, the magician. I bow to the friends of the Khan. You are strangers from a strange land, but because the Khan is my friend, because he has made you welcome, therefore Akmath makes you welcome. I have been told that one of your number, Marco Polo, has rendered great service to the Khan. Therefore, I say, he has rendered great service to Akmath. I thank you for those words, Akmath the magician. Now, my friends, you are acquainted, and Akmath will show you his magic. Uh, tell us of that colored sphere which you are holding, Akmath. This sphere contains a special mixture of air which is known to the people of some of your provinces, Your Majesty. If I were to release my hold of this sphere, it would rise to the ceiling. What? That sphere would rise to the ceiling? You will see for yourself, Most High. The people who make these spheres call them balloons. Look, now watch, and you will see this sphere rise. Look, Father, the sphere rises to the ceiling. It is indeed wonderful. Did I not tell you Akmath was indeed a mighty magician? What did you say the sphere was called, Akmath? It is called a balloon. I will make you many such, most mighty Khan. Will the balloon ever come down from the ceiling? It will come down later, when some of the strange air with which it is filled has escaped. Uh, now Akmath shall show you more of his magic. Uh, he shall place a magic spell upon your servant, Benno. Oh, I, I do not want a magic spell placed on me. Come, come, Benno. Oh. It will do you no harm. A moment. Mighty Akmath, this spell which you are about to cast on my servant, will it harm him in any way? The servant will not be harmed. It seems that the men of the West set uh, much store by their servants. Benno is as much my friend as my servant. He goes to bring your wife from Venice. You must miss your wife sorely, Marco Polo. I will not talk of that matter now. Come, let the servant Benno stand before Akma. Come, come, Benno, do not tremble. Oh. No one is going to kill you. Oh, be of good heart, fellow. Your litter and regiment are waiting to take you to the coast. It is not likely that I would have you killed. Now, Benno, very soon I will place a magic spell on you so that you will obey my orders implicitly. First, uh, you will sit here on this cushion by the feet of the great Khan. What is going to happen to me? Silence. Now look at my eyes. Do not turn your head away. Your eyes seem to blaze with fire. Oh, Master Marco, I am afraid. Courage, Benno, oh. courage. You are watching me, Benno. Your eyes are held by mine. You cannot move. You cannot think. You cannot look away from me, Benno. See, I am holding the man's gaze. Let the Venetians strive to make him look away. Benno. 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 Look towards me. Benno. I order you to look at me. Benno, do not sit there like a dummy. Look at me. <laughs> See, my friends, already the servant is under my spell. Akmath, you are indeed the master of many marvels. Show us more. Now Benno is about to sleep. Lie on the floor, Benno. Place your head upon that silken cushion. Close your eyes and sleep. Sleep. I am the only one who can awaken him. See, Marco Polo, your servant sleeps. Try to rouse him. You may touch him. Shake him by the shoulder. Do what you will. Benno, Benno, awaken. Let me try, Marco. Benno, 
It is Niccolo, your master here. Open your eyes. Look at me, Benno. Ah, you're too gentle with him. Here, let me shake him. Benno! Benno, cease this foolery. Open your eyes. It is useless to shake the fellow. I have seen Akmat perform this magic many times. He is the only one who can awaken Benno. It is beyond belief. We must be dreaming. Never before have I believed in magic. Akmat has more to show you. Now stand back and watch. Benno, you may open your eyes. Rise to your feet. He looks like a man in a dream. Benno, you will now stand on your hands and walk along the audience chamber on your hands. No, no, he cannot do that. Benno is no longer a young man. He cannot do acrobatic feats. What? Benno, how did you manage that? Look, he stands upon his hands. He walks upon his hands. (laughs) And a droll sight he makes, too. (laughs) By my magic, I can make men do anything. Can you make me do your bidding, Akmath? I can make you do my bidding, Marco Polo. But see, Benno still walks upon his hands. Return, Benno. Lie once more upon the silken cushion. See, he does my bidding. And mark this well, you men from the West. When I put my spell upon any person, I can make that person tell me the truth. Nothing is hidden from me. And when I learn the truth about any man... I tell that truth to the great and mighty Kubla Khan. That is why I find you so useful to me. Now break the magic spell which you have put on Benno. Watch well. He will not remember what has happened, nor what he has done. You may awaken, Benno. Oh, he's awake. Oh, I am awake. What has happened? Why do I sit here on this cushion? You have been under the magic spell of Akmath, the great magician. You are quite unharmed, Benno. Do you remember walking down this hall on your hands? Oh, Master Marco, you jest. I could not walk on my hands if I tried. You did it quite easily, Benno. We saw you. Now you have seen something of the magic of which Akmath is the master. But it is time for Benno to depart. He is to be conducted to the gates of the palace and then to be sent on his journey. Come, we will all bid him farewell. I will lead the way. It is an honor for the great Kubla Khan to bid farewell to a servant. (laughs) But I am in a benign mood, and I'm anxious to see the wives of Marco Polo. So make good speed to return, Benno. Come to the palace gates, everyone. Marco Polo? Marco Polo? Yes? Akmath the magician calls you. Let the others go to the palace gates. I would have speech with you for a minute. What have you to say to me, Akmath? Marco Polo does not like Akmath, magician. I have not expressed my dislike for you. Akmath is a great magician. He can tell when men do not like him. So be warned. All the enemies of Akmath have died. Better to have me for a friend than an enemy, Marco Polo.
we now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Kublai Khan gave orders that Marco Polo and his companions were to treat Akmath, the magician, as a friend. And he upbraided Marco Polo for speaking against Akmath. Eventually, the four Venetians went into Kublai Khan's presence. There they made the acquaintance of Akmath, and he astounded them by showing them a balloon filled with gas and by hypnotizing Benno. Then Kublai Khan gave orders that Benno was to commence on his journey to Venice. They all went to bid farewell to him. But on the way, Akmath drew Marco Polo aside and warned him that he would make a better friend than an enemy. Finally, Benno departed with blessings and good wishes from the four Venetians. The next day, Marco Polo went to take leave of the Princess Zelana. Marco Polo, you have neglected me lately. My heart is heavy. Zelana... I have been so busy preparing for my departure and speeding Benno on his way. Have I been absent from your thoughts? Well, I have thought of you. You have never been absent from my thoughts. Waking, sleeping, eating, dreaming. I have always carried before me a vision of your handsome form, Marco Polo. Thank you, Zilana, but I have come now to say goodbye. In two hours' time, we start on our tour of the Khan's dominions. My heart is heavy. It will be many months before I set eyes on you again. But I will send you messages, Marco Polo. And I will send messages to you. Hold me in your arms. Say that you love Zilana. There. You may meet many beautiful women during your travels. You may forget about Zilana. But Zilana will never forget you. I will often think about Zilana. Hold me tightly, Marco Polo. <sighs> now, Zilana, I must go in a moment. And when you return, we shall be married. We shall have the greatest wedding that China has ever known. All your four wives will be present, and I will be the fifth and favorite wife. Will I not, Marco Polo? I think you will make an excellent wife, Zilana. Doctor has promised to guard over me during your absence. I like him. I like him, too. But I like you better than anyone, Marco Polo. Oh, I shall be so happy on the day that we become man and wife. But tell me, does that magician Akmath go with you on your journey? He does. I do not like that man. Beware of him, Marco Polo. He means you no good. How do you know that? I cannot tell. But there is something about Akmath which I dislike. I do not trust him. I do not trust him either. Although he has made overtures of friendship to me, still, I will watch Akmath very closely. And I know that you will be safe here in the care of the gallant Toktai, perhaps the most handsome, the most courteous man I have ever known. Oh, Toktai fully deserves your high opinion. I think he stands guard outside my apartment now. Yes, I, I saw him as I entered here. You know, it is not fitting that he should stand guard. He is a captain. One of the ordinary soldiers can stand guard. I shall call him so that I can have a few words with him in your presence, instructing him to guard this precious jewel. Oh, Marco, you wonderful man. This is the first compliment I have had from you for such a long time. Do you really regard me as a precious jewel? Of course. Ah, and now I will bid Toktai enter. Oh, Marco, we have had such a little time alone. Tell me how you wish me to treat your wives when they arrive. They will arrive during your absence. Well, be kind and gentle to them. After all, you are to become the headwife. I will accustom them to taking orders from me. Come, Toktai. I will have speech with you now. I come, Marco Polo. 
Oh, what a handsome man. What a husband you will make for some fortunate woman, Toktai. Oh, Marco Polo, you bring a blush to Toktai's face. Perhaps he is in love with some beautiful woman. Oh, he is. Toktai, you are in love and you have not told me about it. And we have become such friends. I demand to know the name of the beautiful woman you love. I cannot tell you that, princess. Are you in love with some beautiful princess? Or perhaps some beautiful woman who is married to another man? I am sure there is a tragedy in your life, Doctor. There is, princess. Then you must tell me all about it. Well, you will have much time together after I have gone. At the present, I wish to ask Doctor to watch you carefully, to guard over you, prevent all enemies from entering the palace, so that you will be safe here when I return. I swear I will dedicate my life to guarding over the princess, Zilana. Oh, but you have other tasks, Toktai. After all, you are the governor of Pekin. You must watch over the city. I shall carry out my duty. Marco Polo, I shall count the days until you return, and Toktai will find safe and comfortable quarters for your wives when they arrive. Wives? Oh, uh, uh, Toktai, did you not know? I have four wives in Venice. Still, we need not talk of that matter now. I know in leaving the Princess Solana in your care, I leave her in good hands. Doctor, I will watch over me carefully. He will spend much time with me, because I will be lonely, Marco Polo. And Doctor, I shall tell me all about this beautiful woman whom he loves. Mayhap I will be able to aid him. I shall give him my advice. Oh, Doctor, is it not wonderful to be in love? It has brought me no happiness. Poor Doctor. He thoroughly deserves your sympathy, Zilana. But perhaps you will be able to teach him how to be happy. Now, my loved one, I must go to make final preparations for my departure. I believe you are riding on an elephant. Yes, an elephant has been set aside for our use. It will indeed be a novelty. It is very comfortable, Marco Polo. A small house made of bamboo and covered with a canopy is placed on the back of the elephant. I look forward to the experience. Not Toktai. Please do not look, because Marco Polo is about to embrace me. A long embrace of farewell. An embrace which I shall remember, which shall linger until you return, Marco Polo. Uh, well, uh, I, uh, I hardly think we should uh, think of embraces while Toktai is here. With your permission, I will wait outside this room. Is he not tactful and kind? And now, Marco Polo, hold me in your arms. <laughs> Two hours later, the royal party started on their journey. First went a troop of specially chosen cavalry in ornate uniforms, all mounted on milk-white stallions. Five thousand of these troops rode in perfect formation. Then came the emperor's elephant, a huge beast on which had been erected a scarlet and gold canopy in which sat the emperor and Akmath the magician. By the sides of the great elephant marched armored foot soldiers carrying shining steel spears. Next came a small detachment of cavalry mounted on jet-black horses. Then came another elephant on which had been erected a blue and silver canopy. Under this canopy sat Marco Polo, his father and his uncle. Then came more cavalry and other elephants. The populace lined the streets and cheered to the echo as the royal party left the city. And as this brilliant procession passed by, the Princess Delana stood on the highest pinnacle of the palace walls and waved until the procession was lost to view. After leaving the city, the cavalcade headed to the west, and Kubla Khan consulted with Akmath, the magician.
tell me, uh, Akmath, uh, what think you of my newfound Western friends? Akmath knows much, and he is well versed in the ways of Christians. They are not allowed more than one wife. I say that Marco Polo lied about his wives in Venice, that he strives to make you a laughingstock, that he spurns the Princess Zilana. I set much store by your wisdom, Akmath, but uh, why should Marco Polo spurn my gift? Is not the Princess Zilana beautiful? It is given to me to know many things. Read that which is unknown to other men. I say that Marco Polo, Maffeo Polo, and Niccolo Polo have come here to plot against you, Most High. They desire to win your confidence so that they may bring about your overthrow. Uh, guide the elephant, guide the elephant over smoother ground. The Most High Kublai Khan is being jolted and shaken. I cannot believe that these men from the West are plotting against me. Show me some sign which will prove your words, Akmat. I, I have never failed you yet, O oh great and noble Kublai Khan. You will receive a sign from heaven. Hear now my parable. Is not the elephant a faithful and courageous beast, a fitting burden for a great king? It is. Then the elephant which bears the men from the west shall help to prove my story. It is given to me to read the future. And I say that when we make camp for the night, one of the westerners will fall from the elephant. That shall be a sign from heaven that the men from the west are plotting against you. Merely because a man falls from an elephant, it does not prove that a man is plotting against me. It does prove that Akmath can read the future. We shall watch when these men dismount. And if one falls from the elephant, you will know that Akmath can read the future. That he can read the minds of the men from the west. That he knows they plot against you. Watch when they dismount, O mighty Kublai Khan. I say that one man will fall. We will see, we will see. All day the royal procession continued its journey, but at nightfall Kubla Khan called a halt. As if by magic, tents were erected on the desert, sturdy tents made of skins and dyed with many bright colors. The royal tent was set in the middle of the camp, but Kublai Khan and Akmath sat at the edge of the camp, awaiting the arrival of the elephant which was bearing Marco and his companions. At last, the great beast lumbered near them. Look, Father, the Emperor and Akmath await us. We had a smooth journey, my son. I must say I enjoy traveling in luxury and comfort. How for you, my brother Maffio? Oh, the swaying of the elephant upset me a little. I should be glad to step upon the ground. Hmm. We must give greetings to the Emperor. Greetings, mighty Kublai Khan. Ah, greetings, my friends. Dismount from the beast of burden, then come and dine with Kublai Khan in the royal tent. Uh, you dismount first, Marco. The elephant has been brought to its knees. I am not used to dismounting from an elephant. Ah. Now I'm safely on the ground. Come, Father. I'll come now. Here, give me your hand. There now. Oh, you thanks. are safely on the ground. Uh, uh, why am I left under the large? Oh, come, my uncle. I shall assist you to dismount. Now give me your hand. Be careful, oh, Marco. Ow! Why did you not give me your hand? Mafio, are you hurt? Only my pride and my dignity. Mafio Polo fell from the elephant. And the words of Akmath have borne fruit. <laughs> <laughs> 